teacher friends. Welcome to the Beyond Measure podcast with me, Christina Whitlock, your host, producer, and most importantly of all, your anytime piano teacher friend. Last week, we wrapped up the summer bookshelf tour, and even though I really loved bringing you that series, my brain is exploding with my own content, and I am definitely excited to get back to our regular format over here. So, today's episode was actually inspired by one of my One Thought Thursday e-letters, and I just happen to know there is something great in this episode for everyone. So, on that note, let's get started with episode 138 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Quick backstory before we get started today. So, last spring, I began a little email newsletter that I send out every week, and I call it One Thought Thursdays. I will let you guess what day of the week it comes out. (laughs) The goal is to give you one good thing to think about in our teacher lives each week. So in the end, it really turns out that I'm basically writing a blog, but it comes straight to your inbox instead of it being something that you have to go find on the internet. So if you want to get One Thought Thursdays delivered straight to your inbox, be sure to go sign up at christinawhitlock.com slash subscribe. There is also a link in the show notes to the archives, so you can read through all of the past letters there. Please know, guys, that I am really picky about what I allow in my own inbox, which means I am really obsessive over what I send to yours. I work really hard to make sure this letter is packed with value every single week. So, Anyway, that's at christinawhitlock.com slash subscribe. Well, back on June 29th, I sent out the seventh installment of the One Thought Thursday e-letter, and it was titled, The Things I Don't Do. The premise was simple. I know that we, as teachers, are inundated with incredible things that our colleagues are doing in their studios and in their lives, for that matter. (laughs) Whether it's scrolling social media, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, talking to other teachers at local meetings or conferences or whatever it is. Like, we all know how easy it is to feel like everyone else is doing more than we are. It's easy to feel like other teachers are more creative than us, or more productive than us, or more scholarly than us. And, of course, the list of those things can just go on and on. Well, I wanted to experiment with flipping the script I wanted to publicly own the things that I do not do. (laughs) Not because I think they're bad ideas or not worth doing, but simply because we all have to make choices and set limits on what we are going to take on and what we are not. 
I said in this email that maybe, just maybe, if we all talked more about the things we weren't doing, the online world wouldn't feel like such a looming pit of comparison envy. Am I right? So I decided to include a very short list of four things that I do not do in this season of my teaching life. Again, not because I think these things are bad or wrong or anything of that sort, but just because we all have to make choices of where to spend our energy so that the things that we do choose to do can be done really well. So the four things that I listed were, number one, I don't do elaborate incentive programs and I haven't given out stickers in years. (laughs) I also said that I don't host multiple large scale recitals throughout the year, that I don't play a lot of games in my lessons. And lastly, that I don't teach family, friends or members of my church congregation. Now, I want to unpack those four things just really quickly here. So the first, the fact that I don't do elaborate incentive programs and that I don't give out stickers. Well, I know. It's like, can I even call myself a piano teacher if I don't give out stickers? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I ran sticker incentive programs and prize boxes and all of those things for many years And the students loved it. And I mean, I enjoyed it too. But there just came this point when I had my own children and I just decided I was over all of that. (laughs) So I decided to stop giving out stickers for passing pieces and just kind of see what happened. And I kid you not, it was over a year before anyone even said anything. (laughs) Eventually, I did have one little guy that was like, hey, I haven't had a sticker in a really long time. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Again, do I think stickers are bad? (laughs) Not at all. Am I telling you that you should give them up? Nope. Not, that's not at all what I'm doing. (laughs) Will I ever use stickers again? I mean, maybe, who knows? All I know is that for this season of my teaching life, one way I am choosing to streamline my life is to get rid of stickers and to run very minimal incentive programs like my December performance challenge that you may or may not know about. Good news! Apparently my students still think I'm fun enough to keep coming back for lessons. And as an added bonus, my piano tech no longer pulls out like 18 stickers from my piano every time he comes to tune my kawaii. (laughs) Okay, so my second point in the email was that I don't hold multiple large scale performances throughout the year. I mean, I really host one large full studio recital in the spring. So do I wish I did more? Uh, Sometimes. (laughs) And maybe once my kids are older, I will have the energy to work more big performances in. But for now, I am content with one big studio recital that we do in the spring, and my studio families report the same level of contentment. (laughs) So we do have smaller performance opportunities throughout the year, 
but only one time where we all get together and share our music. And here's another thing about my recitals. While I'm confessing, friends, (laughs) I almost never have a theme and I really like never end up decorating my stage in any kind of elaborate manner. Now, again, if you are a teacher who does those things, please know that you inspire me and I have big dreams of joining you in those ideas someday. Like I can see how performing in such a finely crafted performance is a huge benefit to your students. And again, it's on my list of things to try someday. I am just declaring that now is not the time for me to try it. So third, I mentioned that I don't play a lot of games in my lessons, and I'm kind of like ducking behind my hands as I say that, because I know it's a little blasphemous, right? (laughs) But again, I have so much respect for the incredible games that are out there, and I genuinely love seeing how my colleagues put them to use. And while I'm talking about it, I should probably mention that I do own a lot of games (laughs) because I love supporting my creator friends and I just often get pulled in by their brilliance. But when it comes down to actual lesson time, I, I just I already lead with this idea that time at the piano should feel like play. There happens to be a whole unit on that in my Studio Foundations course, which has new enrollment starting in September. But my goal in my actual lessons is to create an experience where the act of making music feels like sufficient play unto itself. Anyway, and fourth, I don't teach friends or members of my church congregation, Now, I have a whole episode devoted to that policy. It's episode number 54. (laughs) Just think like Studio 54. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to hear me elaborate on those ideas. But basically, my rule is that I don't teach anyone if we have already like built an established relationship outside of my studio. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, and It's not a right or wrong decision. It's just the one that works for me. And that, friends, is actually the big point that I want to hammer home today. That we studio teachers are really good at sweating over changes, both large and small. We get really angsty trying to do the right thing and to avoid doing the wrong thing. And really, we have to stop classifying our studio decisions as right and wrong. They are simply just choices that we make. So when you need to make a choice, yeah, weigh your options, do your research, But then just choose boldly and go on with it, okay? (laughs) I work with a lot of studio teachers as consultation clients, and I can just say with certainty that most of the decisions we get hung up on do not really have an, an, an inherent right or wrong choice to be made. It's just simply a choice. So, especially this time of year with a new school year looming ahead, 
I can't tell you enough how much I want you to choose boldly and move forward. So, okay, back to my original story for today. (laughs) I shared this email back in June about these four things that I am boldly claiming that I do not do. And then, whoa, I received so many responses from teachers telling me the things that they don't do. It was like incredible, you guys. (laughs) I felt this collective sigh of relief, like radiating through my inbox. (laughs) So many teachers thanked me just for giving them permission to claim the things that they do not do. It was like such a lovely, unexpected surprise. And because of that cathartic experience, I wanted to share some of their ideas with you today. So yeah, I did ask their permission to share their ideas with you on the podcast, and I hope doing so will help you embrace your own limits with boldness this year, (laughs) especially again, as we sit on this precipice of a new academic year, I think it can be pretty game changing to just embrace the things that you are not going to do this year. So Without further delay, I bring you some of the things that you, my fellow studio teacher friends, are boldly embracing not to do this year. (laughs) I just have to say one more time, it doesn't mean these things are right or wrong, and it doesn't mean that these teachers are not going to change their minds at some point in the future. But it does mean that our community is stepping up and claiming the things that they are not doing so that the rest of us don't sit around with these delusions that all the other teachers are doing more or better than we are. (laughs) Oh, it's also a great reminder that more is not always better. (laughs) Amen and amen. Okay. So here goes. Renee wrote me and she said that she does not play online games during her lessons and she does not send studio newsletters. Well done, Renee. (laughs) Anna told me that she does not hire other teachers and she does not do exams. She doesn't teach advanced students and (laughs) she does not have a podcast. (laughs) Excellent list, Anna. (laughs) Duly noted. (laughs) Amy wrote and said that she gave up on making printed programs for her studio recitals. Bravo, Amy. (laughs) Jennifer sent me a great list, including the fact that she does not cook dinner for her family anymore. Oh, Jennifer, teach me your ways. (laughs) She also doesn't teach her own kids, and she doesn't nag her students to practice. Nice work, Jennifer. Margaret reports that she doesn't make a big deal out of the onboarding process for new students, and she doesn't send formal invoices. I mean, again, we have to find what works for us, right? Great work, Margaret. Kelly owned the fact that she does not give free trial lessons, she does not travel to students' homes, she does not take young students, and she does not aim to have a giant full studio. Ah, so good, Kelly. (laughs) Leanne wrote and told me that she doesn't require summer camps or summer study at all. Like, 
way to make that work for you, Leanne. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Cassie confessed that she does not participate in her state's two largest programs because they require too much volunteer time. (laughs) Some of us can really identify with that. Cassie, (laughs) nice work. (laughs) And on and on the list goes. If I didn't include you on this list, please take no offense. I just wanted to give the podcast a little taste of the things that my incredible audience was sharing with me. I think one really intriguing aspect of this exercise is how it really brings out the things that you like feel like everyone else is doing or the things that you feel like you're supposed to be doing otherwise known as those dreaded shoulds. (laughs) Anytime I think, oh, I'm a piano teacher, I really should do whatever, I try to throw up an automatic red flag in my brain. (laughs) Be very careful with those shoulds, friends. Okay, so what do you think? Does this not inspire you to go make your own list of the things that you are not going to do in this season of your teaching life? I think it's been a big help to me as I sharpen my focus for the coming year. I would strongly encourage you to make your own list of the things that you do not do in your teaching. Again, not to get caught up in defending your position. I mean, just name it and move on. (laughs) Choose boldly and move forward, right? (laughs) While I'm at it, let's go ahead and toast our way on out of here. Studio music teacher friends from all around the world, Today, we are honoring that which we do not do. (laughs) We acknowledge that what works for the teacher down the street does not have to work for us. We are kicking those shoulds to the curb and we are embracing our own thing. I've said it a million times on this podcast, but our fellow teachers are our colleagues and not our competition. We should look at what they are doing with interest and with the end goal of celebrating what they are accomplishing, but all the while keeping our heads down and keeping our focus on our own good work, choosing boldly and moving forward. I say cheers to that, my friends. Here, here. episode 138 of the Beyond Measure podcast. I am looking forward to all kinds of good things coming up this month, but first, I just wanted to remind you to get yourself on my email list, christinawhitlock.com slash subscribe, just to make sure that you don't miss out on thought-provoking emails like the one that inspired this episode. It's also, by the way, the best way to peek inside my brain at some of my favorite teaching materials, upcoming events, and all kinds of other stuff. That link is in the show notes for this episode, along with some other good stuff. 
You can find the show notes at christinawhitlock.com slash episode 138. Also, just a quick heads up, I am dipping my toes into the YouTube waters, my friends. <laughs> Yikes. I am not entirely sure what I'm going to do with it yet, but if you spend any amount of time on YouTube, please do your friend Christina Whitlock a favor and go subscribe to my new channel. <laughs> it's at Beyond Measure Podcast, no surprise, uh, but my plan is to drop basically just mini versions of episodes there from time to time, just as my calendar allows. I'm trying really hard to keep it fun and not stressy, so <laughs> who knows? So I guess that's it. Subscribe to the email list and subscribe to Beyond Measure Podcast on YouTube. Both of those things are free and they both help me out a whole lot. <laughs> so until next week, friends, onward and upward toward bold choices. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>